Hello everyone, this is Hamid Kohan, CEO of LegoSoft. I'm proud to have a great guest with us today, which is a bit unusual from our previous sessions. Uh, and we're going back to folks who want to become attorneys and who are in the process of becoming an attorney. So we're trying to help other folks who are in the same path to be more successful and more strategic about coming into a, uh, the field of law. So, Bobby Cohen is my guest. Hello, Bobby. Hello. Good to see you, Hamid. Nice to see you. For those of you who don't know, Bobby is my son who uh, is in the law school. Bobby, I know we started a while ago, which after you finished your undergrad uh, and you came to help your dad within the legal industry, which I was doing the consulting, and then we come up with a new product. So you joined me to actually help launch LegalSoft, which has been very successful. Thank you for that. Uh, so tell me a little bit of experience when you actually came in into the field and started working with a lot of attorneys who sort of shape your path for the future. So tell me some of that story you had. Sure. So um, LegalSoft was the first real gig um, that I had. Now, LegalSoft was very different when we had started. Um, there was about five of us total. Um, and... Now the company's grown to the point where there's five people just on the podcast team. Um, so things have obviously gone very well. Um, I enjoyed my experience at LegalSoft a lot because um, I think it shaped me as a person because at you know 19 years old, I was thrown into the ring with a lot of lawyers uh, across multiple practice areas. And I was able to gain experience that a lot of pre-law students did not have at the time, um, essentially from going door to door, going to all these conferences, traveling across the United States, um, and meeting all of these uh, attorneys who were uh, very passionate about the law. Um, some of them were more passionate about business, but we got to see the broad spectrum of attorneys. And so I loved my experience um, at LegalSoft and I was able to really learn um, the ropes early on before law school started. So what was the first thing that you learned when you start talking? Because you know, the attorneys out there, there's a certain uh, expectation. There's a, the, And when you started actually engaging with them and different practice type, different size firms and so forth. So what was the first few things that you learned and you got sort of shocked or it was very informative for you? Um, I think the first thing that I learned that was quite shocking to me was confidence was the most important thing, no matter who you were talking to, um, what practice area they were, how old the attorneys were. If you didn't speak to these attorneys with confidence, you were completely disregarded, thrown to the side and ignored. Um, and so I think that I learned over time that being a young individual trying to speak and work with these attorneys wasn't going to work unless I knew what I was talking about, um, which led me to learning a lot about each specific practice area. Um, and by being knowledgeable of these practice areas, and of course, thanks to you, you did your work and your consulting and you knew more than a lot of the attorneys did about their own practice areas, but you relayed all that information to me and I was able to regurgitate it when I was speaking to these attorneys. Um, and they found a lot of value in that. And they realized, you know, maybe age is not that important uh, when we're working with uh, a company to scale and expand our law firm. And if the people know what they're talking about, they know what they're talking about, whether they're 19 or 50 or 70 or 21. Um, it didn't matter to them. 
Right. I remember when I was telling you when you were dealing with the hundreds of law firms at a time, a small, medium, large in California, outside of California, and so forth. And one of the things I ask you is that the, having the experience of talking and working with these folks, you need to decide which direction you want to go. Practice type, the size, the litigation, pre-litigation, being a business operator versus a law firm operator. So, and you were went through that process real quick, and I think you formed your your uh, opinion of what you want to do and where you want to go. At what stage you basically says, I don't want to be this kind of law firm or this kind of practice stuff. Where did that happen? Yeah, so that's that's a big one. Is uh, a lot of people going into law school. Um, are very confused and rightfully so about which practice area they want to go into. A lot of people pre-law school have no experience or maybe have experience with one specific firm and they think that that firm is exactly what they have to do. Um, and so the process of going to law school. So let me just quickly s start by saying where I go to law school um, and in the process of going to law school. So um, after working at LegalSoft for a couple of years, um, I decided that I was going to apply broadly across the United States um, and uh, try my luck with multiple schools. So um, I got very uh, lucky and and I was very happy with um, the way things turned out. I ended up going to Vanderbilt Law School in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I am a dual degree student, so I'm getting my JD and my MSF, which is a master's in finance. Um, and so I'm now about four hours away from Los Angeles, and I'm in my second year of law school right now. So given that brief introduction, um, at Vanderbilt uh, and anyone going into law school, it is quite the time to decide what you want to go into. Now, when these people are starting in law school, there's the distinction between do you want to do corporate work or do you want to do litigation? Um, and so we can talk about that as we go on about how I was leaning towards litigation and how my summer internship really um, altered my mindset on what I want to do. Um, but there is that distinction between corporate and litigation, and all practice area types have those attorneys who are litigators who go to court, and you have the uh, attorneys who do a lot of um, pre-settlement work, etc. I think one thing that we also covered when you were having your experience with LegalSoft was what is really litigation? Because it's probably one of the most misused <laughs> assumption within the legal industry. Finding a complaint is not really litigation. It has other purposes. Plus, you need to do that for litigation. But to me, the true litigation is when somebody actually wants to go to trial and they're prepared, they're educated about it, they are trained on it by mentorships and so forth, and they're ready to go to court and argue a case, right? Correct. Versus doing a bunch of filings, which ends up to do some discovery, and then you know that 95% of them are going to get settled. So I think your assessments and your target from this experience and selecting the law school you're going to or the field you're going to be, you understood exactly what litigation you want to do. You want to be in court. Correct. So it's more like a, I want to be a trial attorney. Correct. I want to use even the word litigation. I want to be a trial attorney. Correct. Because litigation is a wide word. So... I know that you wanted to go that direction. So what happens when you got into the school with all the experience and exposure you had, all these attorneys and legal staff and so forth, uh, at what point you said, no, I'm going to be a trial attorney. I'm not going to do anything pre-lit. Yeah. So um, 
I was very lucky at Vanderbilt. We had a lot of guest speakers come from a panoply of firms across the country, um, and they would speak to us about the differences of being a trial attorney, a, a litigation attorney, and being a corporate attorney. Like you said, an attorney who does a lot of, at least in the early years, boilerplate work, a lot of the same work, contract negotiations, mergers and acquisitions, etc. Um, I decided that when we had these speakers who came in, the speakers who were incredibly confident in their speaking abilities, the attorneys who came in and who enjoyed writing, and the attorneys who enjoyed and I don't, I don't want to say this lightly, but the theatrics of the law, right? There is a theatrical aspect of the law. Um, it's not sitting down behind a desk 24 hours a day um, doing paperwork. There is an aspect of the law where you go into the, to, to the court and you essentially need to prep yourself. And this is something that I learned actually while working at LegalSoft right. where when we went for a conference in Mexico – um, and we had litigation attorneys who would go up on stage and tell us from start to finish how the theatrics of the court uh, essentially were handled and, and the process that they went through. And we heard certain attorneys who said that they would go out on the streets of Los Angeles and that they would find individuals on the streets and pay them to come into a room and be a fake jury and tell them all the facts of the case. And when they said this and they explained the the intricacies of, of how important it is for jury selection and speaking in front of the jury and then concluding with and then at the end we got a 150 million dollar settlement my mind was blown and i love that whole process i love the idea of interacting with a bunch of different people random people on the streets to get a feel and a taste for what the courtroom will actually right. be like that's exactly my point for this podcast because a lot of people don't have that opportunity and they don't get exposure to all of that they go throughout law school sort of lost and confused and it's not their fault because they don't have the opportunity that you had exposure to all of these sessions coachings conferences and so forth so one of the things i want to emphasize for those of people out there who seek out this kind of experiences and not just want to be an intern or a law clerk and so forth is having a much wider exposure and a legal self would be happy to work with anybody who is in law school planning to go to law school or exiting a law school to be able to give them that kind of exposure, that kind of help, and to go the same path that you went that is making it a lot more successful and focused. So thanks for covering that. Uh, so fast forward to your first year finished and you want to do internships. So how did that play out? Yeah, so after the first year of law school, which is arguably the hardest year uh, in the law school process, and the reason that it's the hardest year in the law school process is that your grades are incredibly important during your first year because you want to get that summer internship uh, going into your um, 2L year. And so essentially, you know, there is the opportunity to work your first year summer. Um, but most of law students want to work that second year of summer because they gain all of this experience from the firm. And then when they graduate, usually they'll get a return offer to go back to that firm. Um, which is what everybody, uh, sorry, not everybody, which is what... I wish that was correct because it's not. It's, it's not like, everybody. It's like what my experience has been that the folks who are finishing the first year or even the second year, they're just widely open to work anywhere doing anything. Correct. And I think that's misleading because th that time period is not really for working and earning money. It's about, you know, 
setting a path for yourself so after you fully graduate and pass the bar, what kind of a lawyer you want to be. So being very selective and not caring about the earnings during those three months of the internship and so forth is something I always emphasize, and I did that with you too. I say, uh, it's not just, okay, I mean, do you know a firm that I can go spend two, three months on and do some internship? I said, no, no, you don't want to do it that way. And I said, you need to go to somewhere where you're actually going to learn. I don't care if you get paid or not, but it's going to be a reputable firm that does exactly the path you want to go. And they're going to commit to actually teach you something because it's not really work. It's, te- it's learning. So that's how we started with your first summer. Right. And I'm so happy that you brought that up um, because that's a real serious problem is and i'd like to say this candidly obviously um i was very blessed and i had a great privilege um you know being able to work with legal soft and have these opportunities um and obviously you know uh going into the summer money is an important aspect for a lot of people but on what you were saying um you told me specifically listen if you have to pay the law firm to go in there and work you can pay the law firm, find a way to pay the law firm, take out a loan, pay the law firm, because the knowledge that you will get and the opportunities that will come from the experience of working at the law firm will outweigh any amount of money that you could have made in three months working as a summer. Um, and I didn't take that lightly. I thought that was really important where you, you put a lot of emphasis on don't, it doesn't matter if you make five grand over the summer, 20 grand over the summer, the opportunities that are going to come from a, a prestigious or, or um, impressive Impressive not to the public, impressive to yourself, right? You had me go and look for attorneys, attorneys that I was impressed by, attorneys that I have heard speak and and heard, you know, in court. And that's what I did is I went and found an attorney that I was very, very impressed with. I thought he was incredibly knowledgeable. Sure. Who's also very credible is Mm -hmm. because, you know, we're talking about uh, Jonathan Melmed, Melmed Law Firm, which is a friend and also a client. And I had so much faith, and I tracked his track record of litigations, uh, settlements, you know, trial outcomes, and everything was so great that I said, Bobby, definitely go talk to Jonathan. Right. And then you did. Right. Um, and yeah, and I, and I spoke to a lot of attorneys during that time period where I was looking for um, somewhere to work for my 1L summer. And Jonathan was, to me, in my personal opinion, was the most impressive attorney. Um, and was very fair in everything that he was saying to me. And his knowledge of the law was incredibly impressive. And so I took that opportunity and I ran with it. And um, I'll never forget, you know, going to Jonathan's office in Century City with all of his employees. It was an amazing experience. And I got to learn about a very specific... Well, for clarification, he's in employment litigation, Correct. especially class action employment. For those of them who know Jonathan. Correct. So Jonathan Melmed is one of the premier um, employment attorneys. He is a, um, I don't know if I would say he's a trial attorney, but he does go to trial fairly often for um, an employment attorney. And Jonathan does focus a lot on class actions. Um, he runs a tight ship. So working with Jonathan was an amazing experience. Um, and it was very hands-on. And that's another thing that I think is very important when you're looking for that, you know, summer job is find an attorney who's going to put you in the field, find an attorney. And this is something you also emphasize multiple times is this is your, this is an important summer. This is a summer that's going to change the trajectory of what you may practice in your career going forward. Find an attorney who's going to give you that opportunity to, 
get in the get in the weeds of it, you know, um, not sit back and do paper pushing work, but someone who can sit there and speak to clients and hear about these stories and see um, how the case develops over time, which is exactly what Jonathan Melmed did, which is why I appreciate him so much. Um, and the second thing is you said, listen, find a, a practice area that you think you actually want to pursue. Don't aimlessly pick a random practice area, a random firm that accepts you. Or multiple, because that's the biggest mistake a lot of people. I meet at least with the four or five folks who just passed the bar or just finishing law school. And when I ask them, what do you want to do? What do you want to practice? And these are the people fresh, so they don't even have the experience. They say, I want to start with the personal injury and then uh, I don't mind employment. And what about lemon law? I'm like, oh my God. It's like, no, <laughs> pick one yeah. and put all efforts into one. You can't pick multiple. This doesn't work like that. So I'm glad you covering that part of the story. Yeah, people people might think that I get special type of advice because you're my father that you pull me aside and tell me different things, but what you preach is exactly what I follow and what you say it to everybody. Um, find a niche, become an expert in that niche, and then excel in that niche. Right. Um, you don't need to spread yourself thin and try out every practice area. Um, this isn't the way that you can scale and become an expert in your field. Um, this isn't a buffet, right? You, you say that all the time. You, you, this isn't a buffet. You don't take your plate and, and, and take a scoop of everything and then go at the table and try it all and see what your favorite was. Um, you but Don't get me wrong. You need to find out what you like, but when you're starting out, start with one. If it doesn't work out, you can lateral. You can transition. Right. But starting out with five and getting cases for personal injury while you're getting cases for lemon law and workers' compensation cases and employment cases – um, doesn't allow you to succeed. Right. From my experience and from what I've seen you, you know, counsel and consult with individuals, um, that's the gist I get. Right. Exactly. So fast forward, you finish your um, duration with uh, with your internship. It was about three months, and I I know you had a great uh, results and and feedback from it. And went back to law school. When when you went back to the school, having gone to the internship, how did your thinking way of thinking or approach changed now that have experienced three months of real practice it was a complete 180 um i almost couldn't believe the difference in my mindset from you know sitting in class every day not knowing what i was going to do to working with a firm for a whole summer every day and seeing what the actual practice of the law was right right Remember, when we're learning these laws in class, you know, as a 1L, you know this, we, we take the same classes across the nation. Everyone has to take civil procedure. Everyone needs to take contracts. Everyone needs to take torts and crim law. And um, we all learn the same things. We learn the same cases, um, Supreme Court cases, federal cases, etc. We don't learn anything state-specific, right? It doesn't matter what college you go to. You're not learning about the specific state that you're going to practice in. Um, that wouldn't be practicable. And so going in and learning about the state law and learning about specifically one practice area changes your whole mindset when you go into law school because now that you're going into law school, you can tailor what you're doing, right? And so, you know, me and all of my friends, when we came back from our summer internships, um, everyone had completely different schedules that matched up exactly with what they wanted to do. Right. 
So my friends who wanted to do, you know, uh, mergers and acquisitions or corporate work took all of these um, M&A classes and business entity classes, etc. My friends who wanted to do litigation, um, you know, like myself, took complex litigation and took employment discrimination and took these complex classes, um, both in their own respects litigation and corporate have very complex classes, but you were able to tailor your work and the stuff that you were learning were now incredibly applicable to what the work is that I was going to do. So I did a lot of class action work this, uh, this summer. Well, going into the semester, I did a lot more class action work. So I felt like I had a really good grasp on class action work before even going out into the field and getting a, a, a real taste for it as an attorney. Right. So that was an incredible experience. Wonderful. So now you went through your 1L, you went through your internship, you went back to school for your second L, and you got a lot more focus about what you want to get out of the school and what you want to do with it after you uh, get out. And that's when you started applying for now the target, the target being big employment firm that allows you to grow and become a trial attorney, litigation attorney, and you start applying for all of these law firms, basically. So going into that, now I know that you applied for several big law employment and defense plaintiff and all of that kind of stuff. So walk us into that situation. Yeah, so that's one of the most stressful situations um, for people in law school because uh, for those who have the end goal of big law, it's essentially, um, you know, your your education from elementary school to middle school to high school to undergrad. Now you're at law school. You're doing all of this to get that job, right? You want, you're, you're only going to school for the most part, not everybody, but to have that career and to be happy with what you're doing in your life. So you get this. Bobby, sorry to interrupt you, but with that path, knowing everybody we know, Everybody would have assumed that you go to law school, doesn't matter what kind of target, what kind of emphasis on the practice type, you're going to get past the bar and come work for, with LegalSoft with me, which we said from the beginning, no, you want to go become a trial attorney. We don't do trials at LegalSoft, basically. Correct. We work with a lot of trial attorneys, but we don't do uh, that kind of a law practice. So I just want to put that out there because a lot of people would have assumed that this would be the process. Correct. And, and a lot of people are quite shocked, um, you know, when they say, what are you doing after law school? And I tell them, which we'll get into right now. Um, but a lot of people think that, um, you know, if your father is in a certain type of business and, you know, that business is doing well or et cetera, or it's right in exactly in the field that you're doing, um, which is what I'm doing, the law and what you handle is the law. Um, people assume that it would be ridiculous of me not to come and work here. But um, you've known this from the very beginning. And I've told you this when there was five of us working at LegalSoft was, you know, dad, I love this company and I will always be a big supporter of this company. And I would love to come on podcast for this company and help grow this company. But at the end of the day, I want to be in court. Um, and I and I love learning about the law and um, and LegalSoft uh, doesn't uh, – it doesn't take cases. Right. Legal software exactly. doesn't take cases. It's not a law firm. <laughs> right. Um, and that's 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 my interest is, is a law firm. And so the culmination of all these years of hard work and dedication um, came out when I started applying to these big law jobs. Um, and I decided after my first summer internship was I want to do employment law. I like the uh, employment law in California. It's very intricate and very complex. Um 
and I enjoyed my time a lot. And so, yes, I applied broadly to employment firms in California. Um, lucky for me, I uh, I got a, an interview with one of the largest employment firms in the country. Um, I enjoyed um, meeting a lot of those partners and associates at the firm. And about two days before my second year of law, second uh, year started, I got an offer, um, and I accepted my offer. Um, I had gotten other offers as well, and other firms were all amazing firms. But I was trying to take your advice, which said, find those who are the best at what you want to do, learn from them, and then apply it. Um, and from all of my research, this was the firm that was the premier labor and employment law firm in California, Defense Side. And so I took it and I ran with it. When you say a big law firm, how many attorneys does that mean sure. they have? Yeah, so that's that's an important distinction. Um, big law in the traditional sense of how we look at it is 501 plus attorneys. Um, so, and this is not just in one office, this is nationwide. Right. It could be in one office. Uh, I don't know if there are any offices with 500 attorneys, but, um, you know, for example, the firm that I'm working at has around 900 to 1200 attorneys in every, in, a, in any given year. Right. Okay, great. So you took their offers and now you're getting sort of into getting more connection with them and sort of getting onboarded for per se. Absolutely. Um, and that has been also an amazing experience because these guys want you to come in and they want you to be happy. They want you to enjoy your work. We keep hearing all the time that, uh, and I know that you hear this all the time when you have these attorneys come to you is, I don't want to do big law. I want to open up my own firm. I'm not interested in uh, going and working 100 hour weeks and, you know, essentially uh, having no life for the first few years of my life. Um, now, while that may be true, while there are definitely firms that do have um, unbelievable required billable hours, um, there are also a lot of firms that don't. And that's important for people to know is that there are a lot of the firms... work-life balance that everybody talks about now. This is getting a lot more serious than before. Correct. Before nobody, four or five years ago, nobody talked about work-life balance, or, uh, you know, toxic work environment. These are all new verbiage that are coming into the industry. Correct. So, yeah, and a lot of firms have adopted because they got a bad rap about pushing people to work 80-hour weeks and have no life seven days a week. But a lot of them have adjusted that. Tremendously. And the adjustment, I think, has been incredibly beneficial for the firm. So, for example, yesterday I went to my firm's office um, for a partner meeting. Now, I'm not a part of the firm yet, <laughs> but they invited me to come in and sit in on one of their labor and employment meetings, um, which was an absolutely unbelievable experience. And in doing so, in going to this, they were telling me um, how the transition inside the firm has happened since COVID. And exactly what you were saying They've relaxed a lot. Um, they went from having everyone wearing suits and being dressed to the nines to allowing everyone to dress more casual. They went from requiring everyone from coming into the office five days a week to two to three times a week come to the office. Um, this allows for a more comfortable lifestyle. Um, some people love the comfortable lifestyle. Some people are not fans of the comfortable lifestyle. You personally, you like the hustle and you like the grind. You yeah. like working 12 hours a day, six days a week, and you don't want to stop. Um, you don't do it because you have to. You do it because you enjoy it. Yeah. Well, other normal people, um, <laughs> regular folk, they don't believe that. For the record, he doesn't think I'm normal. 
Correct. Uh, which is probably a lot of people that agree with you. Clearly, but, uh, at least in the working aspect. Yeah, um, definitely that. You know, <laughs> I always say if I had half of your work ethic, um, I think that I would be very, very, very successful um, because no one works like you work. Um, but like I said, a lot of you know normal people are fine with working 40, 50, 60 hour weeks. Um, and these firms are now accommodating that. And that's the point is that it's not fair to discredit big law. It's not for everybody, but it's not fair to say, why would I want to go and do that and, and work 100 hour weeks um, for this kind of pay when I could go and start my own firm? Right. You keep hearing that. I want to start my own firm. And you give them your spiel on you just passed the bar six months ago. What do you mean you want to start? I call your- them they fell off the bar. Not past the bar yeah. <laughs> because some of them literally fell off the bar because they are have zero experience, zero exposure into practice of law or anything, and they they wanted their opening up a law firm, which right. is to me is a huge mistake. Right, and that's the thing is a uh, a lot of people are just too eager, I think, um, to get into the the legal field and have their own firm. They're too eager to have their name up there on the billboard and have their name as their law firm, et cetera. And don't get me wrong. That's a great plan. And I think that if you uh, have the capability to go start your own law firm, amazing, do it. But there's a time and place for it. And I think from what I've learned and mind you, you know, I'm still in law school. I'm not a legal consultant. Um, This is your job, but I sit in and I hear a lot of the conversations that you have. And um, what I take away from it is, why are you starting your law firm as soon as you pass the bar with zero experience in any field whatsoever? Right. What do you expect to uh, achieve when you don't have um, anything to bring to the sure. table? Even when they've worked at a firm for one year or two years or done some internships, when you combine all of that, depending what they did at the firm, what kind of a firm, what size of the firm, it still could be not enough right. to operate the firm because a lot of these firms, when they start to associate, they have them to do very minimal work, like doing intake, opening the matter, you know, interviewing a client or collecting necessary documents. So there's not even much lawyering training being done. Again, depends on the law firm you go to and how they use you and how they, you know, train you. So it's not only about the years, it's also about what did they teach you? Did you put you through discovery? Did you put you through deposition process? Did they take you to court to just sit and observe? them litigating if you haven't done those things you can't open up your own firm right you know you got to go through some of that practice it could have happened in one year it could have happened in five years right but you got to go through that and you have to have settlements so you have to be able to take the case from intake to settlement and you see the entire process right because if you only know one third of it you're going to screw up the other two thirds when you're on your own right and that's that's an important point is that you want to start off and you want to go somewhere where you know you'll be trained. Yes. Right? Um, this field requires training. No one starts on day one knowing the ins and out of any practice area, etc. Period. Even if your father did the same practice, even if all of your siblings or your cousins are all, uh, you know, for example, personal injury attorneys, workers' comp attorneys, lemon law attorneys, right. just because they have this knowledge doesn't mean that you can start your firm the day you graduate law school and excel like they all have. Yes. Um, there's absolutely. a starting point for everybody, and you have to find that starting point. Absolutely. 
Great, Bobby. Uh, I think that was very enlightful for people who are in the field because they're not exposure to these kind of things. They don't know the stuff that they need to know. So I think it's very helpful for them. I'm sure you'll be very successful finishing up your law school and you already have a job lined up. You have an offer letter from a great company, a firm that you already accepted. It looks like you're almost working for them already. So that's great. I'm very proud of you. You've done a fantastic job and we will continue following your process from 2L to 3L and then getting onboarded to the firm. So we make this a journey from finishing up your you know, undergrad and then going through the school, finishing the school, and starting your career. So hopefully we make this a nice journey that a lot of people can benefit from and follow that process and help them achieve their own goals. Thank you, Dad. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, thank you to LegalSoft for this opportunity. Um, and I love that idea. I'd love to make this a journey. I just want to say that um, everything I said is subject to change. Um, you know, besides what I have learned from you and from my experience here, um, this is the time period where we're allowed to change our, our mind and we're allowed to change our um, our goals and our beliefs. And so this is currently how I feel um, and where I want to go and the path I want to pursue. But you, as you know, you know, life can throw crazy things at you and, and you can alter a lot. So it'd be really exciting to follow the journey and, you know, given everything now that's been documented about what we've been talking about in a year from now, after I do that summer uh, associateship with this, with this firm again, um, I'd love to see how that process goes and then how, how my mind changes if it does at all. Absolutely. For those of you who don't know, you also have a sibling who's just enrolled into law school in Pepperdine, your brother does, and we're going to include him as part of because his goals are different, his right. objectives are different, so people get to see two different perspectives right. of two of my own going to law school. One is going to go right, the other one going to go left, but they all come from the same process and makes it all of it right. So in the next episode, we will have Cheyenne, who is my younger sibling, I mean, my younger son, his sibling, that we're going to talk to him and see which route he's going and which where direction he's taking on. Yeah, and that's going to be incredibly exciting. Um, Shion, you know, has his his own personal interests and his own goals, and he's incredibly unique, and me and him um, are very different in the paths that we want to take. So um, I'm excited to hear about that podcast and hear about Shion's path and uh, what got him to the point that he's at as well. So thank you again, LegalSoft, for having us, and I appreciate it. Thank you, Bobby. Mm -hmm.